So I really want to currently, there's 66% male investors into easy properties. I get more women investing. Hey guys, welcome back to the Unpack podcast, where we chat about all things property and finance related. There are many topics that have captured the interests of aspiring property investors, like house flipping, renting to buy, investment groups like property stock files, or even buying property shares. If you're looking for smart ways to start investing or options for diversifying your portfolio, then you'll probably enjoy today's episode. I'm chatting to the CEO of Easy Properties, Rupert Finmore. Hi Rupert, thank you again for taking the time to chat to me today. Can you tell us more about yourself? Sure, well thank you very much for inviting me on. Um, It's great to be on your show. Sure, about me. I've um, been in the property industry about 16 years. I've been in the traditional space for a long time. I was at one of the major brands. Um, I previously had been the um, MD at one of the major brands for the Gauteng region. Um, On a professional point of view, I was very keen to make this transition into this new, um, exciting fintech and prop tech space. You know, I think property is one of the last bastions of um, industries that haven't been disrupted as much as some of the others have. And I, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I was like at the forefront of what was kind of happening in the, in the disruption of the property world. Um, so yeah, hence kind of made the move across and joined the Easy Equities team and the narrative team and, and helped build up Easy Properties. Um, that's from a professional point of view. Um, yeah, I'm an ex-teacher. I taught, I taught for a number of years before I joined the, um, the property world. Uh, a dad of two amazing young boys keep me on my toes. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it. I mean, interestingly, when I made the transition from teaching into property, uh, I actually went and joined Pam Golding. They were launching um, an empowerment division. And so I kind of cut my teeth in the property world, helping them set up black-owned franchises in all of the um, township markets at the time. So it was a it was a really fascinating um, journey into the property world. You know, kind of taking a, a traditional brand like Pam Golding into um, the township markets and setting up black-owned franchises in all of that space. So we did that. We set up about twenty um, around the country. So. It, it, you know, it, it was a really interesting um, journey into the property space. Oh, wow. Um, Rupert, can you tell us more about um, Easy Properties and how it's different from Easy Equities? And also, um, is there a minimum investment amount? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe let me start with the Easy Equity side. I mean, um, Easy Equities has obviously been going for six years. Um, they have obviously democratized access to the the share markets. They've um, provided and democratized um, all sorts of access, which was previously um, inaccessible. And, you know, I I suppose what happened a a few years ago is a survey was done into the Easy Equities community, which is now um, well over 800,000. But at the time, there was a, a, um, a survey done uh, looking at what other kind of assets people were interested in investing in. And overwhelmingly, the majority of the respondents came back and wanted to invest in, in property. And so um, through some discussions with Easy Equities and um, our development partners, a company called Narrative, um, Easy Properties was born. And essentially, it's, 
the philosophy is the same as Easy Equities in that it's um, been set up to provide um, access, um, uh, deal with a whole lot of friction points when it comes to traditional property investing. Um, so there, there were a number of uh, friction points that were identified. And I'll, I'll run through those with you in a sec. But Easy Properties was born to, um, to attend to and um, sort out a lot of those friction points and, and ultimately to provide access, more access and better access to property investment that is ordinarily um, available to people. And yeah, I mean, to answer the, the minimum question, there's no minimum. I mean, you can invest in as little as one rand. Um, and, you know, we've got every people investing everywhere from as little as one rand. And our, our biggest single investment at the moment has been um, a million rand and, and everything in between. I think what points to the democratization of access to this property investment is that our investment size per property is sits at about 1,600 rand. Um, so that, that gives a good indication around um, providing access to, to property investment. I mean, there, there's no ways that you'd be able to invest for anything like the sort um, in kind of traditional residential property investment. Can you tell us more about these friction points? Okay, so obviously the, the first friction point when it comes to investing in property is um, lack of funds, um, either for a deposit. Um, traditionally, People have had to pay, you know, 10% deposit down on a property if you qualify for a 90% bond, um, which, you know, again, I'm looking out the window here over Rosebank and Santon. And if you're looking to buy or invest in a, in a residential property of one and a half million rand, you've got to come up with, you know, 150,000 rand. And that automatically excludes 99.9% .9 of all of us from, you know, um, property investments. The second part is obviously access to finance. Um, you know, maybe between one or two people, or you're lucky enough to have that kind of money lying around. Um, you then need to qualify for a 90% bond on a on a place, and that obviously precludes a whole lot of people from being able to invest in property too. Um, a, a third friction point is the the extraordinary headache of um, managing your own units, dealing with the tenants, having to sort out maintenance. You know, um, most people who have property investments um, have day jobs. Um, and now suddenly you've got to find your time to extra time in your day to, to kind of sort out all of these things. And it, it can be a real headache. Um, one of the major friction points is actually access to great property investments. Um, that's also largely been... Um, uh, the, the kind of available to the already well-heeled and wealthy person. Um, ordinary people on the street, if you want to invest in property, you um, have a look around in the paper or online or whatever, and you check out these properties and you basically pay retail prices because you, you don't have the power of bulk purchasing. And so through our obviously crowdfunding scenario, we're able to do bulk purchases and get access to really good property deals, um, which traditionally, as I say, has been like the, the domain of, of, of the wealthy. And then another major friction point is obviously just mitigation of risk. If you, if you are able to have ticked off all of those friction points and you end up buying a unit wherever um, as an investment, 
if you've it's it's basically if you've got all your baskets uh, your property risk eggs in one basket if that tenant um is unable to pay you know we've obviously come through this uh well not come through but in the middle of this global pandemic and unfortunately people have been hammered you know whether having to take um reductions in salary or losing their jobs and and all of that stuff and if that's happened to one of your tenants and they're no longer able to pay um rental then suddenly you as the property owner have got to come up with the additional cash and pay off those bonds and things like that so there's a, a a really inherent risk in investing in one unit um and again through our kind of multi-united bulk purchases um you know being able to diversify your investment is, is a major one and so already now we've listed uh, and invested in um well over 70 units and so if one or two people don't pay or aren't able to pay you, you're still obviously able to collect rental from the 70 units that we've already invested in so there, there's obviously a major um, inherent management of risk with that and it was easy properties was born after having identified those kind of um, real friction points to getting into property investment and um attending to those. So how is easy properties different from a real estate investment trust? Or is it the same thing? No, it's not the same thing at all. Um, and easy properties wasn't set up to, to try and compete with that space. I mean, so there, there are a number of um, fundamental differences. Uh, generally, these, these REITs are enormous um, managed funds with hundreds of millions um, worth of property holdings, if not billions. Um, you know, there, there are huge property management structures in place. And I think the, the primary thing is that investors don't get a choice to specifically invest in a particular property or a particular segment of, of the market that they might be interested in. You, you put your money into a REIT and all those decisions are kind of taken um, by those, uh, those property managers. Um, you know that that's a that's a core that's it's very difficult to actually see through all these big structures into the individual properties themselves. I mean, obviously that information is available, but it's it's quite difficult, and so that's a that's a major departure. Um, ours, you when you want to invest in a residential property, you specifically choose those um, collections of properties that you're interested in. Um, is a big one. Um, a, a major departure point is the way that the income is dealt with. Um, in REITs, when, when um, they pay dividends through to the investors, that's classified as, as income. And so um, investors pay tax on, that, on those returns um, based on your own marginal tax rate. Um, whereas with us, we, we pay dividends and it's, it's just classified as um, dividends withholding tax. So it's a 20% tax rate on that. Um, easy properties pays out 100% of all of the profits that are generated on each of these investments. Um, most REITs only, well, by law, have to pay um, uh, a minimum of 75%, whereas we pay 100%. Um, often on REITs, dividends are paid biannually, so twice a year. We pay dividends um, every quarter. Um, one of the major things, actually, is obviously... Um, you know, when you're investing in REITs, 
also there's there's um, people are buying and selling the the shares and and often are making property uh, profits on the on the shares that are busy being bought and sold. Um, ours is is slightly different. You know, we've provided liquidity to our investors, and sorry, that was actually one of the major friction points as well. Traditionally, in 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 property, if you want to get out of an investment. Um, you know, you've got to sell through a traditional space. It's very expensive. It can take a, a, a long time. You know, the, the market's obviously tricky. Um, and so we, we've provided a, an auction capability, which we've actually just launched yesterday, interestingly enough, to help people provide um, a liquidity when they need it. But that's not the play in, in easy properties. You know, we, we're not looking for guys to buy and trade shares and to try and make um, money or get discounts on, on um, shares in each of these investments. There might be those kind of opportunities, but actually, and, and you know, maybe that's a bit similar to REIT. Guys are buying in and out and it's, you know, trading every day. We're really encouraging people to stay in for the full investment period, that five to seven years, to enjoy the full a spectrum of capital growth to get the biggest returns um, through the yields and the rental yields and, and all of that. So there, there's some significant differences between us and a REIT. So I have an easy equity account and I also have the app on my phone and I pretty much understand how that um, specific app works. I want to know more about easy properties. So what should I be looking for when purchasing a property or investing in a property on your platform? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, the fact that you are an easy equities um, uh, client and investor, then then you will know that education is front and center in, in the easy equities space. And, and that's the same as easy properties. Um, you know, so education is key. Um, so a couple of things. You know, if you're looking to invest in property, um, what we've tried to do on the Easy Properties platform is, is to provide a, a whole bunch of um, information there to assist. So traditional things that people consider when investing in properties, obviously location. I mean, you would have heard that location, location, location. Um, you know, different areas have got different growth patterns. Um, you know, it, it's very easy to look at all these reports that come out from the banks and, and the um uh, the deeds office and, and all of that, you know, the, the property market's not a homogenous market. Obviously it all rolls up and we get figures, you know, it's, it's grown by 4% or 5%, whatever the story might be. But property is, is very nuanced. And so it's, it's really important to do your research into the, the suburbs in which you want to invest. And so in the A on the platform, you would have seen that there's a whole lot of graphs that we provide that give you um, an indication of how many units have sold in this particular suburb or area over a, a whole number of years, and um, the kind of average sales prices that have occurred. We distinguish between obviously um, sectional title units and full title units. You know, um, it all just points to the property market being non-homogenous. Um, but what we do do as an investment committee, and it, it's in the prospectus. I mean, I, I've, I've been amazed um, coming from the traditional property space into this essentially investment and financial services space, the, the amount of regulation um, that is around. And so the first thing is, is obviously to have a look at the prospectus. And, you know, it's a 65-page document, which gives most of us a, a headache and it's full of regulations and, and this and the next thing. But in there is, um, is, is criteria that we use to evaluate a, a property. 
And those will come down to area, um, quality of build, um, the, the rentability, so the demand. Um, obviously, we make all of our money, well, not all, but the majority from rental income. Obviously, there's money that's made on the capital growth side. Um, so you want to look at the rental demand in a particular area, access to amenities. You know, it's, it's the traditional thing. Um, properties that are in close space to uh, transport hubs, um, shopping centers, uh, uh, places of leisure, places places of worship, all of those kind of things um, have an influence on a on the desirability of a property. Um, I've mentioned location uh, discounts to what the the um, independent valuations are. So again, um, we get independent valuators to come and uh, provide valuations on those units. So investors can have a look at what um, the Easy properties is is be able to acquire those units for versus what they've actually been independently evaluated against. Um, there's a whole lot of financial um, models that are provided there. Both in, so it's important to look at the assumptions. You know, we we've made assumptions in some instances that you know rental growth or capital growth might increase by five percent. Um, that the the rental income might increase by X percent. So I think the, that's a whole lot of information that's provided. So I think if, if one can kind of roll that all up, what you need to do is do research, take your time, um, read through all of that information, uh, check what's happening in these areas and um, educate yourself is the biggest is the biggest one. So you've already mentioned that dividends are paid out every quarter, but what happens to those dividends? Do I have to pay tax? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and that's the, um, so it's, it's not classified as income. That's obviously what happens with the REIT and, and then people have to pay income tax on that. On our ones, there's dividend withholding tax. And so, yeah, unfortunately, there are not very many instances where we are able to do anything without paying a debt to the tax man. That's sad. Okay, okay. Yeah, so Easy Properties launched in 2020. And 2020 was quite eventful. And there's a lot that happened with the pandemic and different industries and people having to adjust to the new norm of doing business. So I want to know more about the financial tech industry and what trends you as Easy Properties have picked up over the past year. And I want to know more about your demographics. So who is using your app and who is investing in properties? Sure. It's been such a, a steep learning curve for us um, and like a wonderfully steep learning curve. You know, obviously one tries to do as much research and, um, you know, uh, they, however much research you do, they, there's always a whole lot of assumptions that are made. And, you know, one needs to kind of try and test those assumptions in so far as possible before launching a business. Um, I mean, I think the fact that this business launched a couple of months after we went into level five lockdown has probably um, led to a, a huge amount of learnings as well. But, you know, maybe I can um, divide those learnings into two main groups. Um, the first one's obviously the, the business learnings. You know, I, I think when we launched, we had no idea what the demand might be like from our investors. And so we... We launched with four properties. Um, they were quite small raises. You know, the, the smallest one I think was 3.6 million. 
because um, we had no idea. Um, now, uh, less than a year later, um, our latest offering that's going on um, literally in about two weeks is, is at about 24 million. Um, and so that gives a good indication of what we've learned around that is that the demand um, is definitely outstripping the supply. And so we've learned about the size of the raises. You know, we, we concertinaed a little bit with the length of time for each of these IPO raises. And now we've, you know, we had longer periods and shorter periods, and now we've settled on a, on a six-week period just so there's kind of consistency. Um, obviously, the size of these raises is a big one. Um, uh, what is really interesting is, is um, the fine print. How many, when we launched, how many people actually read through all of those 65 odd pages in, um, in the prospectus. And what I loved is guys would um, reach out to us and say, listen, on page whatever, 62 clause three, you've got a little typo here, you know, um, things like that. We had one or two guys that were asking really good questions around some of the um, financial models and, and things like that, pointing out a couple of things to consider. Um, that, that a lot of learnings around that. Um, I think the, the biggest learning is, is the timing and the supply of new properties. You know, um, Charles Savage, who obviously you will know, um, always points out that we are the spoilt children, A, in, in startups and in the easy equities environment. Obviously, we've launched easy properties into this really engaged community of 800,000 people. And it's very rare that you get a, a business with such high demand and actually the, the supply is, is um, not as um, uh, prevalent as what it should be. You know? So we, we're really spoiled from that point of view. So when one considers that, then that's been one of the learnings that we need to get more properties on quicker, um, more often, uh, that kind of stuff. The, the, my personal learnings... Um, from the community point of view, you know, I, I've been a long-time investor in Purple, um, a long-time friend of the company. You know, I've got um, long-standing relationships with a lot of people in the company. Um, and an easy equities investor um, also for, for years since launch. And I always had a sense of how engaged the community was. Well, I thought I had a sense of how engaged the community was. But now that I've come um, into the inside, I had absolutely no idea how enormous this um, engagement was and the, and the real sense of community within the group. And that's been a huge um, learning for me, both with which um, people rely on each other for learnings and sharing tips, ideas, uh, all of that kind of stuff. That, that's been a, um, a major, major learning for me. And actually how um, smart and savvy uh, the people are and how much research is done, which just, I think, shows um, how well received the, the easy equities education stuff has been. So those are some of the learnings. I mean, you, you asked about demographics and age. Um, it's been very interesting. Uh, the, the vast majority of people who are investing are, are mid-20s to early mid-30s, um, which probably makes sense. Um, from uh, some of the demographics, um, I think one of the things which I really want to um, 
focus on more is the the split between male and female. Currently, there's 66 percent uh, male investors in, into easy properties, which I've got a bit of a theory, but it's it's just a, an assumption. You know, I think first of all, so I really want to get more women investing in in easy properties, but um, I'm hoping this is the case. For the last three or four years in a row, the biggest single segment of people who are buying uh, first-time buyers of residential property out in the market are single women, which I think is a is a wonderful stat, and it's something that we really celebrate here. And maybe it's because um, you know the it's it's skewed on easy properties to the male side. Maybe it's because all of our um, single female investors have already bought their own investment units already. I'm hoping that's a fact, but um, we'll see. So that's something to to um, to look at. Um, we have got a number of investors that are younger than one, if you can believe it, which is really cool. We have got investors that are our oldest investors over 90. We have got, I think it's north of, um, I wrote it down here. Um, yeah, so our oldest is 90. That person has invested in three of our property investments. We've got 26 people that have invested um, in our properties that are over 70 years old, which is um, phenomenal. Um, we, and we've got scores of, of kids younger than 10 that whose parents have invested for them um, in property and obviously everything in between. But by far, the, the largest segment is that 25 to, to 35 demographic. Yeah. Wow, that, that's amazing. Wow. So I want to know more about Easy Properties and your future plans. Have you considered or are you planning on including international properties? Because I know a lot of people who would be interested in investing in properties in other countries, but they don't know how to get started and they don't have the funds to be able to purchase a whole property. So is this something that you guys are thinking about? Yeah, so the short answer is definitely. We are actually busy working on our first international property now. Um, we've negotiated the deal. Um, we've identified the property. Um, well, obviously, having negotiated the deal. Um, but we're working on all of the, the kind of regulatory requirements um, to purchase property offshore and, and stuff like that with exchange control and whatnot. Um, so, yes, without a doubt, it's... Um, it's a it's a huge part of our future plans. Um, you know, as to where we'll invest, I mean, some of those, I mean, you mentioned those um, kind of Asian um, and Southeast Asian places. I mean, the the property markets in a lot of those areas, I know like in Singapore, are they've had off the charts returns over the years. Um, Australia's had great returns over the years, like phenomenal returns. Um you know, there, there are all sorts of different kind of property assets in different places that perform well. Um, so, yes, we, we're definitely looking at, at providing that opportunity. I think we are we're taking our time because it's, it's new to us and it's going to be new to um, the majority of our investors as well. So we're just making sure that our due diligences are done uh, thoroughly and carefully and, and all of that. But without a doubt, we're going to be... Um, providing international property. As I say, the, the first one's nearly ready to put on the platform, 
should be coming in a, in a couple of weeks, which is really exciting. What's the best way to reach out or find out more about Easy Properties? Yeah, so the short answer is definitely. We are actually busy working on our first international property now. Um, we've negotiated the deal. Um, we've identified the property. Um, well, obviously, having negotiated the deal. Um, but we're working on all of the, the kind of regulatory requirements um, to purchase property offshore and, and stuff like that with exchange control and whatnot. Um, so, yes, without a doubt, it's, um, it's, a, it's a huge part of our future plans. Um, you know, as to where we'll invest, I mean, some of those, I mean, you mentioned those um, kind of Asian um, in Southeast Asian places, I mean, the, the property markets in a lot of those areas, I know like in Singapore, are they've had off the charts returns over the years. Um, Australia's had great returns over the years, like phenomenal returns. Um, you know, there are all sorts of different kind of property assets in different places that perform well. Um, so, yes, we, we're definitely looking at, at providing that opportunity. I think we are we're taking our time because it's it's new to us and it's going to be new to um, the majority of our investors as well. So we're just making sure that our due diligences are done uh, thoroughly and carefully and, and all of that. But without a doubt, we're going to be um, providing international property. As I say, the, the first one's nearly ready to put on the platform, should be coming in a, in a couple of weeks, which is really exciting. Love this episode? Make sure to visit our website www.unpack.co.za to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. If you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you simply told a friend about us, that would be helpful too. Thank you for listening.